A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to The Coming Out Tapes, a podcast for sharing LGBTQ plus stories. I'm your host, Karis Bradley, and in this episode I'm talking to a very good friend, an excellent human being called Oz Ismail. We chat about his experiences being gay, coming out to his family, and gender expectations. Also food and Princess Diana, just, you know, the usual stuff. Uh, So why don't you introduce yourself and share, like, the parts of your life that you think are relevant so it doesn't have to be what you do. <laughs> okay. Uh, hello, uh, I'm Oz, and I identify as a gay man. Uh, parts of my life that are relevant. Uh, I I study neuroscience, but I don't think that's that relevant to this. Uh, and yeah, I'm a PhD student currently. Cool. Um, so when did you first realise that you were gay? Uh, probably when I was around uh, 13 or 14 years old. It's yeah, probably around that time is when I really thought about it. Was there anything that prompted you to really think about it? I think so. Uh, just just to give some background, so I grew up in um, an Asian family. Um, I was born and raised in Bahrain, and uh, my parents are from Sri Lanka, so I grew up between those two countries. And uh, growing up in an Asian family and also in a Muslim family, you don't really talk about things like sex and uh, sexuality so it was very much like self-discovery um where you you know you start you start to become a teenager and of course you're curious about your body and other people's bodies and I think it was that curiosity that made me start to think about like how I view other people's bodies does that make sense yeah I think so um 
So was it like a, a light bulb moment, do you think? Or was it like a gradual process? I think it was it was uh it wasn't a light bulb moment. I think once I started to look uh at men sexually or like realized that it was like a sexual thing rather than fascination. Because I certainly remember as a kid being so uh not athletic and so from that perspective I was like why is my body different to other people's bodies why why am I not able to do certain things um so I was looking at maybe people from that perspective and then from there on it was more of like oh also there's like a certain attraction here more towards men than towards women and do you remember the first time that you said that you were gay to yourself uh I didn't say out loud I think I start to acknowledge it gradually but also given where I was growing up I had to really suppress it because that's that was definitely something I remember uh maybe not people saying directly but people making these comments that would suggest that it was wrong and therefore for me as a young person I was like right I cannot even acknowledge this I think even when I did acknowledge it internally I would try and suppress it and be like no that is not the place you have to go in your brain that's how I viewed it at the time and um why do you use the word gay as opposed to like any of the other words that LGBT people use to refer to their sexuality that's a very good question because I think um even for uh so like even being uh, gay or lesbian back home is such a big deal and such a it's almost like you're so different already by by identifying that way that people don't really acknowledge any other part of that spectrum and I I hadn't even acknowledged until I moved to the UK and much later in my life in the UK of like how how many different types of you know um, gender and sexuality there can be I myself was very naive to that and so for me it, it was like okay I'm slightly at the time I'm like okay I'm not straight so I'm slightly outside the norm it's what I the way norm was presented to me and so therefore because I am biologically male and I'm attracted to other men I am gay like it was very uh, almost linear if if that's the right way to say it um and I didn't really acknowledge that it could be anything else. Have you also uh, like considered or explored your gender identity in the same way that you have your sexuality? No, I haven't. And I think, again, that's because uh, my upbringing was you're either a boy or a girl. And it was very much, you know, um, the culture I come from is very much, you know, boys do boy things and girls do girl things. And obviously, like, people from our generation are, are sort of even even back home are breaking um those norms or like are, are breaking away from that and saying no I want to just be who I am and I don't want to uh fit into these molds that you're presenting to me so it's definitely changing but growing up there was definitely like I used to get told off for uh hating sport and I when I say told off I mean like by other members in the family my parents didn't really pressure me as much they did want me to do boy things like you know you should play sport and um you should you know not do creative things because those are girl things but they didn't really force that on me 
Whereas my extended family most certainly would, if I wanted to do something uh, that was slightly maybe creative, they would either laugh at me or say, no, that's not a boy thing to do. You should be learning to drive a car and you should be tinkering with the car engine. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, and so I d definitely remember growing up feeling different um, and not being okay with it because because all these all these people saying to me you have to be this way you have to be that way and telling me what normal is and me desperately trying to fit into that and only realizing much later that I didn't need to do you feel more comfortable now with your sexuality and the way that you express your gender yes massively 100% and uh i think it's definitely something that has happened uh over time and very gradually um but like every time I look back to things in my life, maybe a few years ago, maybe five, ten years ago, I s see how much more comfortable I've become within my own skin and um, how I identify. And yeah, I think it's it's a whole host of things that makes me more and more comfortable. But also there is this kind of niggling thing at the back of my mind about how... Uh, you know, from a cultural perspective, from where I come from, it's going, it's difficult. It's not something I can just go and be like, yes, I'm, you know, I'm gay. And uh, I can't talk openly about these things, but that doesn't stop me. That doesn't make me a different person. Like even when I'm around those people, I don't actively try to pretend to be straight, you know. Um, but I, I used to, I remember going going home every time I used to go home um certainly after I was fully after fully acknowledged to myself that I was gay and I had sort of come out still trying to maybe not uh at one point just trying to still be closeted around them then another stage was trying to be really rebellious and um do things that would hint towards me being different to them uh, but now it's I think as I get older, I'm realizing that it's just not it's just not worth the headache for me. It's not going to affect me or them in any way. So I'd rather it's it's easier to just not acknowledge that and just talk about the nicer things like let's go for dinner and let's, you know, have some nice breakfast and stuff like that. All food related. All food related. Um, if you know me, <laughs> you'll know that is the norm. <laughs> um, do, you, do you mind me asking how old you are? Not at all. I'm 31 years old. Okay. So like properly old. Properly old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Karis. It's okay. I'm now closer to 30 than I am to 20, so I can't, I can't really judge. <laughs> so when did you first come out to another human person and who did you come out to? I actually don't remember like properly have, like coming out. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so basically when I, I think it was a process of acknowledge, acknowledging to myself uh, that I was gay. And then in terms of the first people who found out, they were actually my parents. <gasps> yeah. And it was not, it's not a very good story, but it's kind of, I can laugh about it now because uh, it's kind of like a reminder of how stupid <laughs> I was when I was a child. And also, because now you've told everyone my age, I can say it reminds me of how how old I am now. Um, so maybe I'll tell you how my parents found out because they're the first people to find out. Um, so 
I was, the internet was still new to me. Not that I'm that old, but where I lived, we didn't have the internet until much, much later. And um, I was chatting to guys in these uh, gay chat rooms. So I don't know if you remember. No, you're probably too young to remember this. <laughs> uh, so like Yahoo and MSN used to have these chat rooms where you could just go in and talk to strangers. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever used them, but I, I definitely, I definitely did use like anonymous chat rooms. When yeah, I, was a kid. I mean, I think the Yahoo ones that I was using don't really exist anymore for like reasons of protecting people. <laughs> um, but I, so I was, I was on the chat rooms and I was basically chatting to loads of guys. And I think I also at one point had like an internet boyfriend. I know it could have been anybody like I don't even know who it was but because I didn't exchange like any pictures or anything um so I was doing this and then eventually uh I was found out because I didn't realize that you had to clear your internet browser history because the internet was a new thing to me at the time um so it, that was quite funny in a way but also at the time it wasn't funny because my mum was not uh, impressed and she didn't obviously she didn't like it and she uh, just just the background she's from it's not something that she I think understands so she found it very difficult and uh, at the time I didn't understand why she wasn't understanding who I was and why it was not maybe not a wrong thing but looking back at it and over many years of like going over it and talking through it, I understand why it's difficult for her to understand. And I don't I don't expect her or, you know, or my parents to kind of just change overnight and be like, yes, we accept everything you do. It's difficult for them because of the time that they grew up in and the place they grew up in. Um, so. My mum wasn't like very happy about it and she wasn't also, I, I think she, we don't, we don't really talk about emotions back home and like I didn't grow up in a family where we talk about how we feel and so she didn't really want to deal with it and I had just, I had just, uh, I think finished my A-levels at the time and I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do and apply for uni and stuff and my dad was living uh, in Bahrain at the time and my mum was in Sri Lanka so I went and stayed with my dad for a while well, for a year. And even he wasn't really sure how to, he knew because my mom told him and he wasn't really sure, I think, how to deal with it. But my dad left home um, when he was younger. He left home a lot, a lot younger and he moved away. He moved abroad. And I think that kind of opened his eyes a little bit more to the way other people live. And so and the reason I say this is because I remember when I was much younger and uh, it was the day that Princess Diana passed away. And my dad was a massive fan of her work. And so her, her funeral was being broadcast all over the world. And I remember was sitting in the living room with a load of my cousins and my parents and my aunts and uncles. And we're watching this, um, watching the funeral. And the camera sort of panned to uh, these two very stereotypically gay looking guys who were embracing each other and kissing and comforting each other because they were devastated uh, that she had died and I remember one of my cousins 
uh, being slightly, uh, I don't know if disgusted is the word, but uh, she went, oh, look at those two like men. They're like kissing and holding each other. And my dad uh, piped up and he was like, yeah, like it's it's normal for people like men in the West to have relationships with men. It's called being gay. And he said nothing more of it. He didn't say it was bad. He didn't say it was good, but he just like acknowledged it was a thing. And my cousin wasn't very impressed. But I remember when my dad said that, that's maybe that was maybe like a, a light bulb moment. I was like, oh, so something like this does exist. But I don't remember how old I was then. I was a lot younger. I could probably work it out, but quick math is not my thing it's quite hard math isn't it if you're gonna pack uh, that far yeah <laughs> i don't even remember when what year and so that was i think that was the first time i thought about it and then there was also maybe around the same sort of age uh when my, my dad because he had a lot of international friends because of where he worked he worked in the middle east in this international company and one of his closest friends at the time knew that my a sister who's older than me, she used to love reading. She still does. And so uh, my dad's friends would always buy her books as presents. And I remember my dad bought home this book once and was speaking to my mum saying, oh, uh, so-and-so bought this book. And I and he asked me if it was okay to to give it to, to Nadia. And I said it was fine. And I remember thinking, oh, why is this book so... so so it's just a book like she really likes reading what is the problem and anyway she got the book and obviously I then got to see it as well and it was this book called Letters from the Closet um have you come across this book I've I've not read it no um and I think if I remember correctly it was it was a very arty book where the book itself was a series of letters actually and they were like folded in pages and postcards of exchanges between people going through their experience of either being closeted or like gradually coming out to other people who are very close to them. Um, And I think just thinking back to that experience where my dad was like, oh, I know what this is about and it's fine to expose my children to this, was another way of him. I think for me, that is him saying that he's fine with it. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think in my case, I think he maybe didn't expect any of his children to be gay. And so I feel like I don't we've never talked about this, but I feel like he doesn't quite know what to do with it in his own house. Because even after knowing all of the, even after me, him finding out that I was talking to other guys on the Internet and um, obviously gay, it was him. He told me that I should move to the UK to uh, to do my degree like he and he he paid for my education. And I think if he was against it, he would have stopped it there. I, and knowing like traditional Asian families, they would do like something to stop stuff like that happening. But my parents were not traditional in that way. They they would never try to force anything upon anybody. So at the time, I remember thinking, uh, wondering if that was my dad's way of just allowing me to do my thing and just go and be free just because he didn't know how to handle those emotions. Um, sorry, that was very long. <laughs> no, it was uh, very interesting. Um what's your relationship with your mum like now? It's uh it's fine. It's like we have a good relationship, but when it she's still she's very much in denial still and she still talks about me getting married to a woman and my response to it usually is like mum we don't have to talk about this because you know it's not going to go anywhere. And then that usually kind of ends the conversation and in a way it's heartbreaking for me and for her like i i understand that she grew up in this very traditional environment and she had these expectations that were hers of how her her future was going to look and how her kids futures were going to look and it was very prescribed in the way that when she grew up everyone around her and herself got married had kids and in her case like she just her moving away from home and going to a different country was such a big deal at the time and the way my parents raised their kids was always seen as different because you, we, they're allowing their kids to be a bit more free. But I'm very grateful for that because I think that's what has made me who I am today and I, and made me very open-minded because they they taught us to be, to see people for who they are and see the world for what it is rather than you must see through these like glasses that we put on you. So, but so, but at the same time, as, as my parents get older, I think they are they do get upset that um, we don't follow the norms. And especially with my mum, I think she really wants me to get married and have kids and in, the, in a very traditional way. And she knows I'm not going to do that. And so that can be difficult when we have those conversations because I always try and um, not avoid them, but I try and like gradually close that conversation down because there's not no point in having that conversation because the other way it would go is we would end up having a massive fight and it's not worth it because I live here, she lives very far away and I want to, ha- I want the moments I have with them, I want them to be the best. You said that you, your parents, like they want you to you know, get married and, and have children. Do you think that's because 
they want you to do that because that's the way that they think that you'll be happy and they want you to be happy? Or do you think that they want that because that's what's expected and that's what they need their children to do in terms of like the interactions that they have with the rest of their family and their, their friends and what's expected of them? It's definitely a combination of both. So when I speak to my mum and when she does bring up these conversations, it's very much like, I want you to be happy and I want you to have a good life. And I try and explain to her, I am happy and I do have a good life. It's not in the very like traditional way that you pictured it. But I think it's very difficult because we had such, we've been exposed to such different things and we had such different ex- uh, upbringings, different countries, different and I've experienced so many cultures from having lived in so many different places. I think it's very difficult for her to like see that this is this form of happiness is happiness. And also, yes, especially now that they live back home because they uh, are both sort of almost retired and they live back home in Sri Lanka. They are surrounded by people who are very traditional and everybody else has gone off and you know, got married and have kids and their kids are having kids. And it's, it's, I think it's hard for them to see that. And I do acknowledge that. And I don't, and for that reason, I, I don't, I'm not harsh with them. And they try to like make me have these conversations because I feel like I need to see their point of view as well. But um, at the same time, I can't sort of change my life in any way. I, I can't live my life for somebody else's happiness. Have you, um, like, introduced your mum to any of your partners or told her about them, like, when you've had relationships with people? No, but I think part of that is also because I (laughs) haven't had that many relationships, uh, or, like, serious ones. I have always been here in the UK, and, uh, yeah, it's never been serious enough for me to introduce like a significant other to my parents but on the other hand um sort of serious partners have been introduced to some of my family who live here so I live here with my sister my brother-in-law and they meet uh my partners and they're very cool with it outside of your family like where else in your life are you out um, so I am uh, obviously out to uh, my sister and also ha- I have a younger brother who lives back home with my parents. He knows as well. I've told him. Uh, in fact, my sister and my brother are probably the only people that I formally told. Um, and also, I think that's because we were living in different countries at the time when I did tell them. It was different times when I told them as well. And so I felt like because we live far away and we grew up quite close, I had to tell them it was like, we've, we've always been close. So it was something that I couldn't hide from them uh, because then it would just change our relationship. So I've t- that, those are probably the only people I formally told. There are people who I went to uni with because I was not out at uni. Um, so there are people at uni that I who I still see and I think maybe I... Rather than tell them, I just like made very obvious comments, I guess, and they acknowledged it. And I guess some of them maybe thought or like saw sort of signs that I may be gay when I was at uni. But the thing, even at uni, I didn't want to come out because I I was only meant to come to the UK for four years when I did move here and then move back. 
So my fear then was that at that point I'd fully acknowledged that I was gay. And then a little while after acknowledging it, I became quite depressed because I didn't know what to do with those feelings in addition to all the culture shock and everything else I was experiencing, like living so far away from home, having financial trouble. Um, So I suppressed it so much more when I was at uni because I felt like I was going to go back home to a place where it was not accepted, so I can't address these feelings. And it was only when I then got a job and decided I was staying here most probably permanently, and that's when I moved to Cambridge for my first job, then I, it was easier then because I moved to this new, this new city where nobody knew me. So I could introduce myself as Oz and also I'm gay or people didn't, I didn't have to hide anything and come out, come out to people. It could just be part of me as they got to know me and I didn't have to explicitly say it. Um, and in term, now I'm, I think I'm very, very open about it. In fact, when I first moved to London, like five years ago, one of my colleagues said to me that it was, she found it very refreshing that I didn't have to tell anybody. But at the same time, I was very comfortable because she had met many people in academia who, like, she was surprised to find out that they were gay because they're not because of any other reason except that they were hiding it so much and were doing things to actively hide it. And she found it very refreshing that there was somebody who was just them without having to dis like make a big deal out of it i guess or hide it does that answer your question yeah so you're sort of like you're out everywhere but you know not in a coming out constantly kind of way just in a yeah i think i i remember maybe when i was in cambridge and i first uh to myself came out as i'm going to be out oz and gay then I was more, I would measure conversations and I would be like, what do I say? Um, what do I say in these situations? I, I felt like I had to judge the environment and the people that were around me before I said something about maybe going on a date with a guy or maybe being on a gay dating website. Um, whereas now I just talk about it. I don't think about who's around me. I'll just talk about these experiences. Um I think it's more because I'm more comfortable with who I am. And also maybe in London, it's also easy to just have these conversations because it's a, it's a very open place. And I wonder if maybe if I didn't live in London, whether I would maybe be a bit more careful just because there could be people who don't like it. But I don't really think I've never really had to think like that for a long time. And I certainly don't worry about the people I'm around when I talk about these experiences. Okay, uh, so we've talked a bit about um, the times that you haven't come out, uh, but people have found out and it maybe didn't go so well. Do you have any like positive coming out stories where you came out and you got a really like, good response? Yeah, I think the, the most positive coming out story I have was the time I did tell my sister. And this was before she had moved to the UK and she was coming to visit me and I said to her right okay if you're going to come and see me there's something I should tell you and uh, I told her in an email before she came to see me and and I in the email I said like I realized this might be difficult for you to deal with or whatever because 
we had lived apart for a while then because uh, she went to uni in Singapore and I was in, living in the UK. So I felt like th- those years where I like, went from being a teenager to being an adult could have possibly changed her opinions. Like, and I don't like we'd never talked about sexual stuff as kids, obviously. So I wasn't sure what she would think. And maybe she had other opinions, which is very stupid of me, because then she replied like pretty soon afterwards going, I really don't care what you are (laughs) and you're still my brother and we're still close. And like, of course, I'm going to see you on Saturday or whatever. Um, And I remember just being so relieved that she was still on my side because we have always been very close. Um, So that's probably the most positive one that I have and I guess since then I've told I mean I've heavily hinted to people I went to uni with or like made comments and they've been very like they've just not um stopped to be like hold the phone you're now gay and I feel like that that makes it slightly easier than having to make a big deal out of it and having to revisit those times when I was really closeted because those are the difficult that those times are difficult when you have to relive those awkward and painful moments. And so I like it when people from the past um, do just not make a big deal out of it. In fact, also, I just remembered uh, very recently, I told uh, one of my best friends from school uh, back in Sri Lanka. And again, his response was very much like my sister's. He was like, "I, it's totally cool. Like, I don't care at all. Um, and he, he, his, he, it was really nice actually, because he was like, I really wish though that you had been able to say all this back when we were in school or many years ago, because you had to go through all of this alone. And that was very beautiful to me that he said that. And I wish I'd known that, but I was just too scared to lose friends. Of course, now I realize if those, you, you lose those friends, they're not really your friends. <laughs> But to hear that from him, someone who was born and raised in Sri Lanka and lives in that culture, it was nice to hear and also good to hear because it was I heard it from someone who's so close to me. And that kind of reassures me that things are changing and people's mentalities are changing and that there is support for people coming out now, because that's what I wish I had when I was younger. Um, So a lot of your stories in terms of coming out haven't really been saying the words I am gay mm. or like sitting people down yeah. on the other side of the table yeah. and like there's something I have to share with you um so in terms of the like the, the actual phrase coming out mm. for you does that still mean what it kind of means today in terms of that scenario and therefore you don't really see yourself as coming out or do you think that coming out means something different based on your experiences I think I always thought of coming out as having that sit down with every single person you know. Um, that's very, and it, it's just exhausting even thinking about that, to have to mentally go through that every single time. The emotions that you have to be prepared to experience just from yourself and from the person you're coming out to. And maybe that's one of the reasons I, I avoided having formal conversations with people and just very 
easily breezily just dropped it into conversations for people from the past apart from my sister and also my brother who i said it in sort of in text or like in emails and stuff like that where i wrote it down to them and they were very cool about it but um now for me coming out is very much i think it's a combination of accepting self um and then being yourself around the people that matter and them accepting it i don't think it's a for, I, for me i don't see it as a formal process i think it's just like this transition of self to accepting who you were meant to be okay uh that is it that is all the questions yay you made it <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for being my gay guinea pig. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been called that, but I am fine with that. Well, if you want to put it on your grinder profile, then I will. feel free. <laughs> You have been listening to The Coming Out Tapes. I've been your host, Karis Bradley, and I'm very happy you decided to join us today. Massive thanks to Alex Lathbridge for making the music for the show um, and to Scary Boots for the artwork. You should check out all of their other cool projects on their websites. If you'd like to be on The Coming Out Tapes, go to the link where you downloaded the podcast and fill out our form. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 